0: back to New World Next Week. I'm James Corbett of CorporateReport.com. And I'm James Evan Palato
1: from MediaMonarchy.com. Images of protesters being beaten by police in riot gear raise serious concerns. We've got that story plus just James again we were just essentially kind of was having a rant here before we started to roll tape and I realized I maybe didn't lay out some of my show notes the way I usually do but we've been doing New World Next Week for 415 episodes so I think people can figure out how this works and James basically what I was Sort of ranting about before we started to roll it's just these moments of the clarity where it all kind of seems to come clear and if it hasn't come clear for you it's pretty much here in this first story from mintpressnews.com and i actually talked about this a couple mornings ago on my morning show africa to be testing ground for trust stamp vaccine record and payment system a biometric digital identity platform that evolves just as you evolve is set to be introduced in low-income, remote communities in West Africa thanks to a public-private partnership between the Bill Gates-backed Gavi Vaccine Alliance, MasterCard, and the AI-powered identity authentication company Truststamp, that is their proper name. The program, which was launched two years ago, will see Truststamp's digital identity platform integrated into the Gavi MasterCard Wellness Pass a digital vaccination record and identity system that is also linked to MasterCard's click-to-play system that powered by its AI and machine learning technology called New Data. It's only just missing the umlauts, James. MasterCard, in addition to professing its commitment to promoting centralized record keeping of childhood immunization, which is exactly what you expect MasterCard to be involved in, also describes itself as a leader towards a world beyond cash. Now we're getting, of course, to their mission statement. MasterCard's partnership with Gavi marks a novel approach towards linking a biometric digital identity system, vaccination records, and a payment system into one single cohesive platform. The effort since its launch, nearly two years ago, has been funded by $3.8 million Gavi donor funds, which of course was matched exactly by the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation. I don't know, $7.6 million isn't really all that much in fiat currency, but that's still a whole heck of a lot than we have more here on our side. In early June, Gavi reported that MasterCard's wellness program, Wellness Pass program, would be adapted in response to COVID-19. Around a month later, MasterCard announced that Trust Stamps' biometric identity platform would be integrated into Wellness Pass as Trust Stamps' system is capable of providing biometric identity in areas of worlds lacking internet access or cellular connectivity. It also does not require knowledge of an individual's legal name or identity to function, which will be a great way to sell this to you. It's not your identity. The wellness program involving Gavi, MasterCard, and Trust Stamp will soon be launched in West Africa and will be coupled with a COVID-19 vaccination program once a vaccine becomes available, James. Also, I hear news that uh, the first 100 customers will get a free blanket
0: with cooties. As we laugh to not cry, James. That's it. Um... Well, James, this is exactly, exactly what I was talking about in Bill Gates and the Population Control Grid. It is this the coming together of all of these pieces of the puzzle. It's the biometric identity grid with the vaccination history grid with the cashless payments all coming together into this one package that's going to be delivered to you, of course, via Gavi, and, uh, which obviously has Bill Gates links, and MasterCard, and all of these other corporate entities are coming together to offer you the solution to the crisis that they wargamed out on, in October of last year. Wow, imagine that. What are the odds? So at, at the very least, I, I would hope people would go and read through this article. There are so many links to different pieces of this and trust stamp and what is that and who's the corporate partners and how did this come together and what's it seeking to do and how does it function? There's so much to explore, even just from this one article, that I think is very important knowledge for people to have uh, to understand how this is going to play out, not just... Obviously, they roll it out in Africa first, because, hey, they're the guinea pigs, because this is a big eugenics experiment anyway, but it is coming around the world in one form or another. And I think people should be aware of that. So it is good to inform yourself, but also this is a good article to follow up with people who you might've tried to share Bill Gates in the population control grid or other information with. Oh, pff, you silly conspiracy theorist. Well, here it is. It's already arrived. They're already doing it and they're rolling it out. And here's the first test and here's how it works. Uh, it's a good way to back people into that corner where they're going to have to say, well, of course it exists, but it's a good thing. How else would you want to keep track of people's biometric identification and vaccination history and also put them on the cashless payment grid? How else is this going to work? So at any rate, I hope that this will be one of those things that helps a few of those seeds that have been planted to flower because this is exactly what I was pointing to in that work just a couple of months ago, and it's already arrived.
1: It's already arrived again with, you know, years and decades and generations of planning, but they can spring it on people like it, it just happened, you guys. James, speaking of, again, you know, following up with with, with folks about, about this information, I actually recently had a friend who shared the story of the NBC guy who was essentially role-playing his made-up <laughs> adventures with COVID that, of course, they noted was never had it, never did, you know friend tried to share that story on a social media platform, but they made the rookie mistake of sharing an RT link, and of course they were immediately jumped all over, and you work for Putin, and again, this is the situation we're in. This is also episode 415 of New World Next Week, and we'll move to our second story, James, as it's pretty much been all to the wall these last few months. And the Cold War seemed like they're going hot. From the Big Brother Corporation, Serbia scraps curfew plan for Belgrade after protests. And this is not the first story we've had where the medical martial law has backed off a little bit when it comes to actual protests in the streets that, of course they're going to win. The thing, Things are rigged in the man's favor when you hit the streets. The Serbian government has scrapped a plan to impose a weekend coronavirus curfew in Belgrade after two nights of protests in the capital. The Prime Minister Brinbic, uh, i mangling all the names that will of course always be mentioned down in your show notes, Bernabic, Prime Minister Bernabic announced more limited measures including a ban on gatherings of more than 10 people. The President Vucic had in the curfew due to a rise in infections. Human rights groups accused the authorities of heavy-handed approach and urged restraint. Dozens of police and, of course, protesters, all each injured. They say they want to distinguish themselves from the violent groups that started clashes on the previous nights, which we could only speculate, of course, might be involved in the usual law enforcement sources of violence in the protests. President Vucic has blamed those far-right nationalists for stirring up trouble on those occasions, which again, still probably points to the cops. First night of protests began peacefully outside the National Assembly, but of course later turned violent. Crowds broke into the National Assembly building, and that's of course when the rubber meets the road. Prompting the police to intervene, thousands of people turned out for a second night of protests, blaming the government for the spike in infections. Remember who caused, again, the chaos going on. Protests reported in other cities. Videos, of course, emerged, as everybody loves. Videos of police beating people, which you can post all over the Internet. But as we'll get to our third and final story, don't think that you can put a cogent documentary together where you'll discuss ideas. You can put up snuff violent videos all day on the control platforms. Videos have emerged of police beating three men on a bench. Journalists have... Caught up in the violence as well. Police officer reportedly having both legs broken, on and on and on. Again, they should get down into the dirt of just the violence of it and not think about how this all starts. Again, this is a BBC article. The Council of Europe's Human Rights Commissioner said the violent dispersal of demonstrators by police raised serious human rights concerns. Even Amnesty International said that disproportionate use of force was not justified. Images of Serbian police firing tear gas and stun grenades indiscriminately into the crowd and of protesters and bystanders being charged by mounted police and beaten by police in riot gear raise serious concerns. So James, we've had these situations now essentially in the States maybe not getting quite this violent as it comes to the Rona protests. And of course those are evil and bad, but if you're protesting racial stuff, that somehow you won't get the Rona from that. James, we're, we're clown world and it's, it's infected all the rest
0: of the world. It is a new clown world order, eh? It really is. And I want people to extract the real story from this story, because of course you're not going to get the real underlying story here from the BBC. They're going to frame it about, oh, violent protests and clashes with police, as if that's the story. That is not... The story. The story here is that in a country of 7 million people, the president came out and said, There's 300 new cases and 13 deaths of people with COVID. Not of COVID, of course. No one dies of COVID. They die with COVID. Uh, but 13 new deaths. We have to impose these new lockdown measures and we're going to have new curfews on the weekends and we're going to have to go back into lockdown. And people didn't just say no, they said hell no. And they stormed the government's palaces. And, uh, and said no, and put their foot down, and did not allow it to take place. That is the story here, and don't let them tell you anything otherwise. The people have the power. They have the power to say no. They have the power to not comply. Do not comply with these orders. This is what it looks like in action. And of course the BBC and all of the MSM are gonna report this as, oh no, these violent protesters have erupted. And oh no, oh, the world's coming to an end. Whereas of course the politically sanctioned protests, when they happen, whatever violence happens there is perfectly okay. But by violence in this case, oh, it's, it's horrible. No, that is not the story. The story is that the people have the power and they do not have to comply with these types of lockdown measures and other things. And they can take the power back at any time they want to. Do not let the media tell you otherwise. And if you want more elaboration on the philosophy behind this and what it really boils down to, I would wholeheartedly exhort you to watch my recent conversation with Keith Knight about the politics of obedience, an incredibly important philosophical treatise on this very subject about the only solution that matters, non-compliance. Do not obey these orders. And guess what? They cannot enforce them on the entire population if people do not obey. That is the one and only solution to this crisis that actually matters.
1: I actually played that interview earlier today on my stream, James. It It was good stuff, fantastic stuff. This reminds me, and again, this is essentially the mainstream's use of violence as, again, the stick to sort of beat you into coercion, and then they'll show you commercials, and if you play along, you'll get these prizes and things, it's essentially artworks. Clyde Lewis kind of calls this waving the bloody shirt, that essentially the mainstream loves to wave the bloody shirt around and, of course, never actually get into the question of how'd that shirt get so bloody? Hi, I don't know that we'll answer that question on this episode, James, but as we move to our third and final story, again, we were wondering about the power and who has it and who doesn't and who's in control and who can give and who can take. Dan Dix censored. The Press for Truth YouTube channel has been permanently deleted. And of course, we'll have links to the BitChute channel instead. And of course, pressfortruth.ca as well. But we actually reached out to Dan Dix of Press for Truth as this, James, this just probably go down in the last 48, 72 hours, I believe. And we asked Dan Dix about this situation and here is what he says, which explains the situation. Quote, first they came for the journalists, then we don't know what happened after that. After 14 years of work, five documentary films, 270,000 subscribers with over 35 million video views, all gone in the blink of an eye because the gatekeepers of political thought and opinion have decided that you should no longer have access to Dan Dick's voice, his opinion, his research, his method of delivery, his goal to bring truth to a time of universal deceit. And that's not YouTube. That is themTube. That's why we call it that. But as Dan notes, we always have had all the power, so it's time we take it back by migrating to decentralized, censorship-free platforms, while Gulag, YouTube continues to, of course, be the cause of their own demise. James, we've sort of talked about this on my own show and my own chat and things where a lot of folks say, it was like, I don't do anything important on YouTube anymore. They don't go there for any sort of important political engagements. They're going there to watch music videos or video game stuff or things that are maybe not quite so important and things that, of course, aren't under the heavy bayon hammer of YouTube. So, James, before I throw it back to you, I want you to talk about Dan's situation, but as it, in a way, sort of relates to something else that's sort of hovering in the background, and that is the return of the so-called fairness doctrine. And we will include a link to FEE.org. A fairness doctrine for the internet could backfire on conservatives in their efforts to enhance their freedoms. Conservatives, because that's how simple it all is, could create an internet that restricts them more than ever before. James, we could apply that to a lot of situations, but I would love to hear you discuss essentially, unfortunately, the not
0: surprising de of Dan Dix from YouTube. Right, well, okay, let's start with that Fairness Doctrine idea. Uh, the vampire needs you to invite them into the home. The Big Brother wants you to love Big Brother. You don't just have to obey Big Brother. You have to love Big Brother, want and desire the tyranny. So they want to engineer this reaction in the public. Oh, please, government, won't you come in and save us so that we can have this place on YouTube and Twitter and these other controlled platforms that we know have been essentially created and seeded and helped along by the intelligence agencies in the deep state? Won't you please allow us to a place on those platforms. It's so important to us. Oh, okay. We'll allow you. And then guess what? Next selection, the voting machines will tell you that a a Democrat has won the presidency and suddenly, oh no, how did they get all these powers to regulate these internet platforms? And now they're going to use it against us. I never saw this coming. It's idiocy on its face. Idiocy. And that's why I want to give absolute credit to Dan Dix, for his statement there, we have always had the power, so it's time to take it back by migrating to decentralized censorship-free platforms while YouTube, ThemTube, continues to be the cause of their own demise. That is it in a nutshell, once again, we have the power and we are making decisions right now that will impact the way the internet is going to function in the future. Either we all beg, oh, please allow us a space on your controlled platform, there's nothing we can do. Or we take the power back into our own hands where it has always existed and we use the decentralized platforms that already exist. It's not like we have to create something from scratch. There are already alternatives out there that are functioning. So anyone at this point who is still relying on YouTube for all of their information, and uh, it's just too much effort to go somewhere else, you are part of the problem at this point. So, as you say, we will be including the link to Dan's bit shoot, his library, his float. He's on a lot of different decentralized platforms, and of course, pressfortruth.ca. And let me say this for the 8 millionth time. I know it sounds like a broken record if you've been listening for any length of time, but let me say it again. If you are watching me on YouTube, you will lose my voice at some point. They will flip that switch and the channel and all the videos and all those thousands and thousands of hours of content will be gone in the blink of an eye. But they will not be gone because they are already backed up. Everything I do is posted to multiple sites, BitChute and Library and Mines, and most importantly, the super secret site. Don't tell anybody how to access my work, but I'll just tell you CorbettReport.com. Just type that into your search bar, CorbettReport.com, and you can access all of my work directly. When YouTube flips that switch and takes me off the platform, nothing will change at CorbettReport.com, except my link that I usually link so people can go to the YouTube video if they want, will not be there anymore. But that will be the only difference. The, The content will still be coming out, and if you don't find it at that point, it's because you are not trying. And it's, it's unfortunate because obviously there are millions and millions and millions and millions of people on these control platforms who, that's why we're doing this, we're trying to reach out to those people and they're going to make it harder and harder to reach those people. But at any rate, if you know this information already, you should be supporting the alternative media on alternative platforms. Do not use the enemy information weapon systems or do not rely on it. And uh, hats off to Dan Dix. You are, uh, you're going to find out how this works, and you're going to blaze this trail. And so my um, hats off to Dan for the work that he's done over the years, and will continue to do for those who are interested in following it. And I hope people will support him during this time, because obviously this is going to be a difficult time for him. And uh, it, as we say, it's just a matter of time before it comes for us, too.
1: Well, that's what I was gonna say, of course it wasn't gonna stop him. He is still doing fantastic work, actually James. I had to essentially bookmark I want to watch his video on this latest Wayfair psychological opera again there's a lot of messy garbage out there in the alternative media and I would James I guess I would just like to think that hopefully our collective fifteen years for you fifteen years for me, fifteen years for Dan essentially hopefully accounts to something, and that when you go and look through our work, regardless of what platform you look at it, hopefully the, the proof is in the pudding, as I like to say. James, of course, in the media monarchy kingdom, we mention often how in vampire folklore, and especially in your horror films, they don't bust in. They have to be invited in. I, I make that reference in that analogy oftentimes on the morning monarchy show. So, having made that reference, James, I would love to invite folks to, again, speaking of controlled platforms, for the last couple of years, I've been running my chat stream on something called Discord. And it is a gamers' platform, which, surprise, surprise, they've just announced they're going to rebrand away from just gaming, of course, in the age of Rona, because they want everybody not just to run away to Zoom. So as I've said from the beginning of using Discord, I've never super trusted them. I knew that essentially at some point the day would come where it's like, okay, we gotta get off of this platform. And I'm wondering more and more, and we're talking about it more and more in the Media Monarchy community, much like you said, maybe it'll all just happen on MediaMonarchy.com. I use a number of the platforms as well, and a lot of those platforms for support we use because the audience yelled and screamed about it because they all left Patreon. And then they don't use those alternative platforms to support us. So again, there's just a, it's a big old mess. There's a lot of stuff going on. And I know you and myself and Dan, will all keep doing it. And again, we don't care how you support us just as long as you support us. James, I can even go one better. I've got a freaking post office box and people can just send their dirty, icky cash. And they've also more and more in the age of Corona, they've been sending precious metals. So, James, I would love to see people come
0: join us at MediaMonarchy.com slash join. Awesome. Well, we're going to continue doing what we do. Dan's going to continue doing what he does. And I hope you'll be there to join us, but not on the controlled platforms. On that note, we will be back next week one way or another. (laughs) So looking forward to it. Talk to you then, James. Thanks, buddy. Take care.